so this is uh, week three of our series, uh, Life Lessons in Lockdown. And uh, I've been asked to share uh, with you guys this week just a couple of things that have been percolating for me uh, over the last two months. Um, just to be out there and honest with you guys, this is taken on with 9,769. And I'm hoping that uh, we can get through this without me making a complete hash of it. So just so you guys know, the last two months for me have been um, extremely challenging. There have been moments where I have really felt uh, fear and anxiety about whether I would be able to pay my bond, whether I would be able to pay the rent uh, for my offices and whether I would even be able to put food on the, on the table. In fact, uh, April was probably uh, the worst month uh, that I've had in my practice uh, since I started out in 2010. And one of the questions that I've had to ask myself a lot during this time is that whether I would stay faithful, even if uh, the absolute worst um, should happen. And one of the things that I've come to realize uh, in asking myself that question is that God is still God. That uh, even when uh, I'm weak and I stumble and uh, when I blow it, uh, fortunately for me, uh, God is still God and he never changes. And even if the worst should happen, I choose to serve him. A friend of mine often says that uh, life is a series of waiting rooms. And I guess this lockdown experience is one of those uh, waiting rooms. Now, if, if you're anything like me, um, you hate waiting. I certainly hate waiting. If I go to the barber and I don't wait for a particular stylist, uh, whoever's there uh, and is really... Uh, cuts my hair and if they can't help me right away, I'm out of there and Yeah, things like cues. Uh, yeah, just drive me completely insane Even thinking about cues makes me uh, makes my palms sweaty um, And usually by the time I get to the front of the queue, I'm in such a foul mood um, That uh, you know a homicide is imminent, but um, <laughs> I always find it quite strange. It's like how often do you get to the front of the queue and the person behind the counter has got uh, a little um, poster with Psalm 23 or footprints or something like that stuck up on the wall and I have to kind of like uh, swallow all of the murderous thoughts uh, that I'm thinking and remind myself um, that uh, I have an opportunity in that moment um, just to for God's kingdom to come uh, and to give the person behind the counter uh, the respect and the due that they deserve. But that's the thing about these waiting rooms. I know that for myself, that if I let them, uh, these waiting rooms can rob me of my humanity and cause me to lash out um, at the people around me. And so I have to confess that uh, my wife and kids for the last two months have had to put up with the grumpiest oak in Benoni. Um, they deserve a flippin' medal. They seem to be willing to give me another chance though, and fortunately for me, so does God. And yeah, all I can do in that situation is uh, thank them for their grace and uh, hope that I can do better. There are two gifts that I've discovered in this waiting room as well. Um, the one of them I was reminded uh, the other evening when I was outside in my garden. Um, it was one of those evenings where the usual sound of the cars just weren't there. Uh, there wasn't, it was completely still. Um, 
I couldn't even hear the TV uh, in the lounge. I can't remember a time actually when, when my neighborhood um, has been that quiet. It was uh, in the evening after I put the kids to bed. And just in that moment, I remembered uh, the gift of silence. And for me, the silence is where I really get uh, close to God. There's nothing to hide behind in the silence. Not my phone, not the busyness of my day, um, not even my Bible. And I'm a bit of a head person, and so, you know, I, uh, when I'm reading a Bible text, I like to analyze it and, you know, get out my concordance and uh, start studying it and really seek to understand the, the verse. And sometimes I find actually that in doing that, I'm halfway through that exercise and I realize that I missed the point that the text and the words have actually become more important than spending that time in relationship uh, with the living God. And so uh, in the silence, uh, I find that there are absolutely no distractions. Mother Teresa was once asked by Dan Rather of CBS and uh, what she did when she prayed. And she answered simply by saying, I just listen. Dan was a bit confused by that answer. And so he asked Mother Teresa what he thought that, what she thought that God did during that time. And uh, to which she replied, he just listens. And that brings me to uh, the second gift uh, that I've found in this waiting room. And that's the gift of listening. I can say without reservation that probably every uh, meaningful relationship that I've ever had in my life has at its root the fact that somebody has given me the gift of listening. They've taken the time and the effort to really just listen to what I have to say. Whenever I think of listening, I'm, think, uh, I'm reminded of uh, Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman um, in John 4 where he starts off a conversation uh, with the woman just with a simple question will you give me a drink i'm quite sure if you read that text that this woman was expecting uh, jesus to to judge her but he never does i wonder how many people have taken the time to find out about her life and her story or even talk to her before jesus did whenever i speak about listening I always have to say a big thanks to my Kirsty, who has given me the gift of listening for more than 10 years now. How she puts up with me, I will never, ever know. She deserves a medal. <laughs> I learned a little bit about uh, listening again. Uh, about two years ago, on St. Patrick's Day, when my brother was admitted to the intensive care unit of the Mill Park Hospital, I went to go and visit him as often as I could, uh, pretty much every day. And mostly, um, there was always somebody around. Nurses, physios, um, other family members, friends that had dropped in to, to visit. But every now and again, it would be um, just the two of us. And sometimes the painkillers that he was on uh, would knock, knock him out. And uh, I would just sit there at his uh, bedside, in the quiet, listening. I think back to that time I can, I can picture it so clearly how you know the only sounds would be the beeping of the machines that uh, he was hooked up to the nurses at the nurses stations uh, whispering uh, about their uh, about their day uh, the sounds of the patients 
shifting restlessly. But other than that, it was quiet. And I just sat there listening, hoping that he would say, uh, wake up and say something. Uh, pretty much anything. I didn't really care what it was that he had to say. And to be perfectly honest, most of the time when he did wake up, what he said was massively underwhelming. Um, things like, how long have you been there? Or, yes, like, but you need to shave. Um, but I didn't care. Uh, I was just happy to, to hear him speak. And I think that sometimes God comes alongside of us um, in our waiting rooms without us even knowing it, just to listen, because he loves us. So some of the problems that we're facing uh, at this point in time are huge. It's really bleak out there. And I can feel powerless to do anything, but then I remember uh, that at the very least, it's in my power um, to listen. Not to try and fix people or to change their situation, but really just to take the time and the effort to listen to their stories. Darren and Michelle shared last week about deep and meaningful conversations. And if you want to have a deep and meaningful conversation, I have to look at how I listen. Because listening is the key to those conversations. So in the story of the Samaritan woman, Jesus eventually reveals that he is the Messiah. And the Samaritan woman leaves that place to tell everybody that she can find about her experience. But before Jesus reveals the truth, he listens. And I think that that makes all the difference. And so those are the life lessons that I've learned uh, during this last lockdown. I have to remember that God is still God, even when things don't work out the way that I was hoping that they would. I have to remember that I can't allow my time in the waiting room to rob me of my humanity. I have to try and find a few moments in silence with God. And lastly, I have to listen.